0: So a stock exchange has a supply chain. We provide them a solution to facing their supply chain. So they bring in their turn, let's say a hundred vendors and each vendor will bring five of their vendors. So you are creating a network effect through that. And if you are low touch enough and you're efficient enough in your
1: like initiating those uh sequences, then you can scale. Exponentially. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the B2B SaaS podcast. I'm your host, Upendra Verma, and today we have Kobe Friedman with us. Kobe here is the CEO and co founder of a company called Findings. Hey, Kobe, welcome to the show. Hi, right, Upendra. Thank you for having me. All right, Kobe. So let's try to understand what your company does and why customers pay you money.
0: So, Findings is a, uh, a compliance automation platform. Uh, we mainly deal with what we call B2B compliance. um it's all kind of requirements around supply chain engagements that enterprises has to uh conduct some uh, compliance and regulatory aspects uh, with third parties, fourth parties, partners, uh connected parties and so on. And in the climate around the world there is a spike of requirements coming from regulatory compliance all around the world as well, and cybersecurity threats that require companies to conduct those processes at larger scale. We are helping those companies to do a more efficient, more effective, more scalable uh, work while spending less their engagement compared to the way it's been done today.
1: Right, And what sort of compliances are these? Like, can you name a few of these? Yeah, sure. So we started uh, with...
0: In the cybersecurity world, uh, uh, our, uh, me and my co founder are both coming from cybersecurity background. Uh, the cybersecurity was our starting point, and in that regard, we dealt with all the typical cybersecurity frameworks, uh, and threats out there. Um, compliance ISO, SOC 2, and uh, uh, all the range further down the road to shipping companies, uh, CMMC around defense contractors and banking regulations, so on and so forth. And then over time, we grew into other domains, uh, data protection and privacy were the natural ones. And in the last year and a half, we are heavily engaged within the ESG markets and trade compliance market, mainly from the outbreak of the uh,
1: Russia and Ukrainian crisis. Got it. And how exactly do you do this? Is this purely software that you're selling with, selling, or do you also have a services layer? Because typically I would understand compliance is lots of stuff, right? It's not just a you know, simple software that you can plug in, you know, get it done, right? So how exactly are you solving this problem? So you're completely right.
0: So basically I, I, uh, um, I example that I'm building a puzzle. Every engagement is like a lot of pieces of puzzle. Part of them are software, part of them are services, just uh, that needs to be inspected, need to be analyzed, uh, and then uh, combining it together creates the overall compliance risk that the company experienced. Uh, we are, uh, we took a uh, very unique approach in the industry. I think we are the only one. So we are sort of the platform for orchestrating all kinds of pieces of puzzles, if you like. Uh, we created set of capabilities that enable each customer to customize, automate uh, everything around their direct management program in every domain that they choose. We are orchestrating connections to all the other service or product or data providers that can contribute in order to aggregate this. Uh, So we are purely software. Um, We are working a lot with service providers and uh mainly managed services and emphasis as amended service security providers
1: uh and also some integrators around the world on our larger deployments got it and one last question around the product here right so typically companies would do compliance like once or something like that right so how exactly is your software is it a recurring model like does your software help them Stay compliant all the time, or is is it something that they would use it once for a a couple of months, or some some like for, for a period of time, and then they just choose to move on? So the world is changing in the
0: requirements, and we are enabling to uh to to do uh to go through this change. Basically, compliance process is very manual, labor intensive, very contextualized to the uh to the specific situation the vendor and the customer. And because of that, it cannot really scale. Most of the services out there today are billable hour-based, mainly made by consulting firms. Uh, The uh, compliance process is being done upon boarding or upon engagement. And sometimes it's a regulated company every certain period of time, two years, and maybe more than that, depending on the budget that they have, but the requirement is to go, uh, to, uh, to get into a continuous monitoring phase that regard, the fact that we are automating a lot of the manual processes, uh, around compliance, around verification, uh, audit checks and so on, enables our customers to dramatically reduce cost fair engagements and, and because of that, be able to cover much more uh, engagements and to do that on a continuous basis rather than periodic basis. Okay. So basically we are them to build their own VRM Yeah, VRM
1: correct. program and to orchestrate that automatically. Alright, so let's move on to your customers now, right? So I, I want to get a sense of like how many customers do you serve as of today on your platform? So it's a tricky question because we are dealing
0: with supply chain so there is a network effect here. Um it's important to, uh, to understand that we have a unique model. Basically we are a subscription-based company. We are encouraging to bring as many engagements as possible. Um, and we are zero touch. Means that we are, customers are coming to us, registering and starting to studying a product from there. Currently we're serving about a thousand customers, uh, and we have around 250,000 companies overall who are, in our platform, uh, their vendors, clean their supply chain partners. And, uh, because of our go-to-market strategy, which is partnering with a lot of providers, stock exchanges and other entities, we are in the processes of onboarding 10,000, uh, um, more customers uh, who will be using us so, in order so, to engage. So when
1: you said thousand customers, are these service providers that you're talking about? Or the end?
0: Not, like, not, not necessarily. Those are like the enterprises who are yeah. getting
1: services from service providers or directly engaging with us. And what about the 250K number that you mentioned?
0: Those are their vendors. So basically every bank, for example, who is working with us ah, might have a thousand awesome. vendors that they need to assess. And verify and monitor and they, in that turn, become our customers as well because they are used us in order to automate their customer engagements.
1: Got it. And like are all of these on a recurring plan or how does that work in, in this particular space for you? We have different
0: subscription models for the different roles, whether you are a downstream role or an upstream role, uh, all of them are kind subscription model. Uh, with different flavors, uh, different price points. Uh, We're always experimenting around what would be the sweet spot around those price points. But yeah, we are monetizing
1: all all of them. Got it. So I'm going to ask you a question, and there's going to be a vague answer, obviously. So I want to get a sense of how big these deal sizes are, right? On an average, how much these customers pay you. Is it $10,000, $100,000? Is it a million bucks? Like, what is this? I know there's going to be a broad range, but if you were to to sort of, sort of put them into buckets and sort of put a number to it. How big these size deals are? So I I, I would say that
0: uh, um, it's, it's like, depending on your role. Yeah. So if you are enterprise on our system meeting a downstream role, yeah. uh, someone needs to assess these third uh, parties, you will be uh, entering into one of few tiers. Uh, the average would be a few thousand dollars annually. Uh, to start uh, uh, your journey with us and scale from there. And uh, the higher tier would be few tens of thousands of dollars per year. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, it's uh, considered to be relatively low for the amount of vendors that we are providing, which is unlimited. Basically, our whole intention is to enable you to grow your uh, amount of, uh, of, uh, of the engagement through that, basically see more and more value from our product. Uh, having said that, that would be the uh, cost fair legal entity. There are quite a few, uh, enterprises who are subjected to multiple regulation and multiple, uh, jurisdictions. They need, uh, to have numerous, uh, entities, uh, and, uh, so that increases their subscription rate. On the vendor side, the upstream side, it would be by the amount of connections that you have with customers. We are um, playing around with different models, but the subscription would be in the tens of dollars per month mm-hmm. to a
1: few hundreds per month for a full scope of engagement. Got it. And can you reveal where you are as a as a company in terms of revenue that you've done last year, approximate range?
0: We we are in the ballpark of a few million dollars of ARR, uh, we are uh, rapidly growing, uh, we announced in the last few months, few strategic partnerships, but that will take us in the coming uh, year or two to tens of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, the largest of them is MasterCard, mm-hmm. where we signed a strategic partnership with MasterCard to serve uh,
1: all their customer base and few others to be announced soon. Yeah, sure. And then in terms of growth right? how are you growing? Like, like, what was your revenue say 12 months ago and how did you manage to grow during these past 12 months? We grew six times. Oh, six, times. Say, six times? So you were, six times. You were less, less than a million, million bucks, something like that or something on the, in that range yes, 12 months we, ago.
0: Got it. You we were quite a significantly less than a million last year. Okay. Uh, we matured with our product. Uh, basically, we're trying to optimize on one account. We're trying to optimize on the
1: network. Right. That we, we'll we'll, we'll so... come to the growth growth now right away. So I, I want to understand right, where you're getting all of this growth from, right? strictly from a top-of-funnel perspective. Where are you finding all of these new customers? What's been working for you? Uh, regulation and awareness. No, no, no. It's uh, We're living in a space where it's... Uh,
0: Uh, pretty high on the mindset of a lot of companies Mm -hmm. from different angles in the cybersecurity space, supply chain concerns became the number one attack vector in the industry since COVID outbreak. And from ESG perspective, it is a rapidly growing regulatory Mm -hmm. compliance requirement all around the
1: world. Uh, So this is basically push the engagement of customers. How are you? So so I'm specifically talking about the marketing strategy here. So how are you reaching out to these customers? I know they must be looking for a solution like yours, but how are you reaching them effectively? What's what's the group channel that's been working for you primarily? We invest quite a lot. So, so
0: on a strategic uh, approach, we invest quite a lot in inbound and content-based uh, marketing, uh, providing the value around how to do uh the set the, the process that they uh, are expected to do within the SG space there is a lot of requirements for education and we're helping them there. Uh and everything is like tuned to support the inbound traffic that can then uh be converted to uh users. Um on the
1: shorter and midterm yeah, no, we so- tend to so, so uh, I'm not talking about the strategic things. I'm talking about what's really been working in the past 12 months. I know long-run content will work for you. But in the past 12 months, what's really worked for you? Is it inbound? Is it outbound? So making partnerships with uh, strategic partners that bring with them
0: the same interests and, uh, and go-to-market capabilities. The main ones would be stock exchanges. Uh, we found interesting um, synergy between us in quite a lot of stock exchanges in the world. It started from NASDAQ and mainly abundance uh, stock exchange group that we are uh, working quite a lot with them around DSG. Mm-hmm. And they, their turn, basically, uh, we go to market to the traded companies and traded companies are most of the time, they're like the top of the funnel, their jurisdiction and go from there. So sort kind of a viral model starting from um a uh, like a, a single point which has a lot of traction to
1: provide. All right. So essentially you go to stock exchanges, you look at these traded companies and then you start start there and sort of you know start conversations there. Is that what's been working for you? So so a stock exchange has a supply
0: chain. We provide them a solution and, to facing their supply chain. So they bring in their turn, let's say 100 vendors, and each vendor will bring five of their vendors. So, you are creating a network fix through that. And if you are low touch enough and you are efficient enough in your like initiating those uh sequences, then you can scale exponentially. And this is what we're trying
1: to optimize. Got it. And like, talk about the sales cycle or you know, the conversion aspect. Right? Like, you, you mentioned a lot about uh, it being no touch. Is it really no touch or like, is it as simple as somebody discovering you and just getting started or does, do you have anything else happening there? So I would say that we are much
0: closer to no touch than we were, what we used to, but basically it's a journey. Uh, yeah. it's, a, uh, it's a long journey of, understanding and automating those processes, uh, I would say that, uh, we are about, uh, 60% no touch. The rest is long touch. Um, We, everything that we develop and do, we expose self customization, capabilities. So we are getting more and more uh, better and better at that. And uh, uh, I would say only five to 10% of
1: our capacity nowadays is higher touch, mainly for very large accounts that we serve. Right, and talk about the sales cycle, right? It's like, how much time does it really take? Once somebody discovers your product and they realize that they've got to, you know, use it, right? What happens after that on an average, typically at this point of time? So, indeed, we
0: we have a rather quick sales cycle. So, it's important to remember that we are inbound-based. So, basically, we are very low touch. So, we start with providing them a uh, premium account. They can play along with that We be We are uh, very good in exposing our value through tutorials and online uh, capabilities. And when they are uh, getting into a conversation with my sales team, it's like based on a rather better understanding of the product and its value. So we are focusing on the more like what you really need uh, from the product. So uh, the sales cycle will be uh, faster, definitely considering the fact that we're talking enterprise. So yeah. I passed, I would do enterprise still that will take 12 months. Now we are uh, doing like two months, three months, uh, and, uh, then our, uh, whole, uh, focus is how do we provide you value through enabling mm-hmm. you to onboard and execute right. on supply chain.
1: And talk about retention right here, essentially. So, you want to provide that continuous compliance monitoring on a regular basis, otherwise, they'll just turn out. So, how does the churn numbers look like today, typically? Because it's it's going to be different in your space, right? So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, well, it sounds
0: like a cocky thing to say, but we almost have no churn. But uh, okay. I, I, it's not that it not exist, but, uh, the value we are providing con- considering mm. the, uh, investment is such that it's worthwhile staying with yeah. us and, and we invest a lot in developing uh, further our automation yeah. and AI capabilities. So their life becoming more and more easier and more mobile. Yeah. Uh, so it looks good on that end. Our, um, mainly we're trying to optimize on the way forward in terms of enabling you more capabilities and more vendors on the platform.
1: Got it. And let's, let's talk about, you know, your team, right? How big team is, and like how many folks in your team as of today? And how many in engineering versus how many in the GDM side? So we're currently about 30 uh, employees. Uh, we grew
0: five times in the last year. Uh, yes. So we're growing quite uh, quickly. Um, about twenty plus our R and D team, and the rest are business development, marketing, and U.S. operations. Maybe, mm-hmm. um, even though part of it of the team is in the U.S., we are focusing on the U.S. and Europe, NAIC, and, econ,
1: and uh, but yeah, this is yeah. this is this. And then, have you network. raised any external funding so far to grow the company? Yeah, yeah, for sure. uh, You cannot do 30 employees with that. uh, uh, that, uh, How much in total? Around $10 million. Got it. And like, yeah, one last question here, right? So what's the vision here? right? Where do you see your company going in like next five years or so? So we are going to be the... the
0: compliance marketplace, uh, we are, we are creating something that I, uh, like to explain that with the combination of matday.com and Ariba combined for compliance, basically, uh, we're going to be a sourcing point for compliance data, uh, or, uh, supply chain engagement. We're going to be the larger, uh, you know, largest solution out there, I think Maybe even the only solution out there, mainly because we are the only vendor in the market who is oriented towards
1: this goal. Got it. Yeah, all right, Kobi. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Hope you scale your company to much, much greater heights. Thank you.